Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Uh, hello? Hello! Uh, hold on. Uh, my Bluetooth headset, I uh, have my headsets on, give me a second. Gotcha. Um... Are you by chance oh, mowing the lawn right now? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the Discord did not connect to my Bluetooth. So I don't know why. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to just put you on speaker out here. Hope the sound doesn't. All right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, All right. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? It's uh, a little bit surreal that, you know, I'm talking to you. Oh, I talked to lots of people. Uh, nothing surreal about it, I don't think. Um, no, I, I got your email. I just was, I was interested in having a brief chat. Um, though, though, I, you know, I'm at a disadvantage here. Only you know what you want to talk about. Yes. What I want to talk about is how, um, I went down an alt-right path and, uh, uh primarily because, uh, at the time it's like, I felt like I was betrayed by the left and it wasn't until like maybe in the last two years two and a half, at least before the pandemic started, when I started to really, really feel properly disappointed by the right and betrayed by them. And now I just don't even really know for sure where it is that I stand anymore. And honestly, I, when, I, when reflecting on it over the past year, thinking about it, uh, the person who kind of, I want to say, I don't, I don't know if I should say set me up, you know, or maybe misled me. Maybe that is uh, a way of putting it, but the person who kind of led me sort of down an alt-right pathway was AIU. Atheism was unstoppable. Who, or known uh, by his... I have nothing, known I have by nothing his, but extreme hatred for. Known by his pet name here, um, Autism is Unstoppable, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I know where you stand, though, and it, it, it might be on a pile of crunchy leaves. Are you outside by chance? Uh, actually, I'm out here in the middle of the forest, actually. Oh, uh, people in chat guessed correctly. Um, yeah. It, it, is, it is definitely leading to, in multiple senses, uh, audio which I would describe as crunchy. Um, um, as let wonder- me go somewhere where it's less crunchy. How about that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, yes. I don't mean to... Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of the forest. I actually just moved out here. Uh, I don't want to say where, but I'm in the... The American South. Uh, I just moved out here from Los Angeles, actually. Oh, uh, congratulations. Anyone moving away from Los Angeles, I think, should be uh, congratulated <laughs> on the upgrade. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie, but Los Angeles County is kind of where I grew up, and I do miss the place. Um, you know, I'm starting to realize, you know, since I'm in the countryside, there's a lot of things that I kind of took for granted that I only now realize, you know. Uh you know, things that I miss, like Little Tokyo, uh, all the, you know, Mexican restaurants. Oh, my God. The Mexican food out here is not good. And oh, if oh, there yeah. Are any cool. out here. You're in, yeah, yeah, you were in Los Angeles, of course. The, there's yeah, no comparison. You know. it's, like the, it's like the mecca of Mexican food north of the border. Anywhere else is going to be a disappointment. Absolutely. Anyways, okay, much quieter. Is everything nice so far? Yeah, no, it it definitely sounds better. I I did I didn't mean to um, ruffle your feathers. Okay, I, I'm interested. So, so,
They dropped out of the call. I was wondering how they were able to maintain a connection like that in the middle of the forest. In a rural area, no less. Debate one, true. Uh, can't, can't fault, though. Um, the lad uh, is touching grass while talking politics with me. That's more than most people can say, and more than I can say here. I need like a, I need like a, a, like an astroturf patch next to me so that it can be like kind of a performative, like putting my hand in the grass thing. Hello? hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear Welcome. me? Hello? I thought that your connection was suspiciously good for somebody in the middle of a forest. Okay. But do you remember, uh, did you hear what I said? Uh, what was it you said? I don't know if I missed anything. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. I was talking. Uh, I don't know if my thing cut out. Anyways, I was saying is, uh, do you remember the political discourse that was going on circa Gamergate, anti-SGW era, early 2010s? Do you remember all that stuff? Tragically, yes, I do. Mm, yeah. Um, I, around that time is when I kind of felt like where I was being betrayed by the left because... And I was listening to Xanderthal's uh, stream uh, regarding this. And, you know, he kind of, uh, well, I mean, it's not only his uh, opinion on this that kind of inspired me to come onto your stream, but it was also your debate with Professor Flowers that also um, inspired me to come on here and do this because um, Xanderthal uh, made a good point when he said that um, a lot of the more unreasonable uh, People on the left wing, uh, you know, like the man-hating or the uh, white, you know, anti-white, you know, bigotry, uh, sort of poisoned the well or at least kind of ruined the discourse for a lot of people, which is what I kind of believe is what may have contributed to the rise of the alt-right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like the issue that a lot of people on the left had was that at least in a presentational sense, there wasn't a great interest in making being a part of the left look appealing to people who weren't especially invested in politics beforehand. Um, so I, I am of the belief that, you know, being prejudiced against like men or white people or whatever is socially speaking not especially harmful because it doesn't reinforce like broader power structures. That doesn't make it good. It's a bad thing to do. But what oftentimes in, in a sort of defiant, indignant way, you know, they took not being as bad as for being good and subversive, actually. So you had this this left movement, which was essentially built around performatively antagonizing people who I think would have agreed with the points if they had just been delivered in an honest and straightforward way. And a lot of them, of course, did drink the Kool-Aid fully. And you have people, I think, on the left who are genuinely like fully like, you know, kind of bigoted. Um, I think they're a minority, though. It's just they don't get talked about as much as they should. Yeah, well, uh, around this time it was happening, um, Obviously, TJ Kirk, the amazing atheist, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him. I haven't watched any of his videos in God knows how long, to be honest. Um, there were a couple people uh, like uh, TJ and then uh, Devin Tracy, AIU, kind of made himself known to the world. And, you know, <laughs> when he uh, appeared onto the platform to talk about, you know, atheism and then he started talking about race and then Muslims, uh, that's when he got a lot of backlash and 
looking back, you know, it's probably, it was probably warranted that the backlash was happening because, and he started gaining like a cult in a way, like a cult sort of fan following of like dedicated fans who just would, you know, suck him off every time. Then he would go after people who called him a racist and Islamophobe. And, you know, it, it was just like, it, he kind of had this sort of really autistic and really sort of uh, psychotic, you know, method of going after people. And, you know, there's a, a alleged cases of him actually doxing a lot of people, you know, um, for things like criticizing Israel or, you know, or, or things like that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, things got pretty. Um... Now, I as much as I hate to admit this, a few I directions I was... can take the response to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I was. I kind of fell onto the bandwagon of AIU a little back then. Um, I, but over the years, I kind of went from hating him to loving him, hating him, and loving him. And then now, uh, as we speak right now, I hate his guts, and I wish nothing but the worst for him. Um, <laughs> and uh, the reason for that is because um, several things. One, he kind of inspired me back then uh, to be extremely Islamophobic, like mm -hmm. vitriolically Islamophobic to the point where like I was using slurs, you know, and, you know, like always saying that it's the Muslims fault and everything like that, because he would do nothing but shit on Muslim people. And I mean, I guess you would also criticize the religion. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, I mean, I, look, I don't have anything against the Islamic faith other than maybe theologically, maybe I do. But I mean, overall, I, I like Muslim people, Muslim culture and, you know, stuff like that, because I kind of feel like a I feel I kind of feel as a Mexican, you know, like I kind of feel like we have a lot in common uh, culturally as far as like food and cuisine is concerned. So and that your food but, is good. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you definitely have a kill shot there. I, yeah, but, I think... um, but yeah, AIU would just like went on these like really hate filled rants. And it wasn't just AIU. There was another guy who I was just reminded of uh, called Pat Condell. Does that name ring a bell? I'm afraid not. No. OK, well, he's basically the stereotype of the uh, he's a, he's a living embodiment of like the know it all, like sort of atheist liberal like british cynical like brit i hate those you know guys. who yeah and uh he um and i remembered he made two specific videos which i once like was on like hell yeah like you know i agree with you to like you know this is these are like his most disgusting videos ever he would also make a lot of you know anti-muslim videos you know calling muslims savages and disgusting and then you know he made a video called boohoo palestine where you know he was basically mocking the deaths of children and conflating all Palestinians as terrorists and, you know, sympathizers with Hamas and, you know, essentially like saying like, ha ha, you know, Palestinians deserve to die. You know, they don't deserve their own country. You know, Israel is awesome. You know, long live Israel. I, um, I think the thing that was interesting about a large amount of the Islamophobia back during the um, the Syrian <clears throat> refugee crisis and all of the info mm -hmm. that came from it and all the perspectives that came from it is that many of the people who attacked Muslims would do so attacking Muslims for reactionary political beliefs that those people themselves held. Like you had people accusing Muslims of being like super misogynistic rapists and the people saying this were like 
anti-rape <laughs> culture, anti-feminist, like uh, anti-me too types. You know, there were people. It's it's interesting because it was the the, the criticism was that essentially Muslims were anti-liberal from anti-liberals, uh, and and I think it became really clear that it was just sort of a, I don't know how deliberate or dishonest it was, like up front, but that it was just a cynical way of directing people's bigotry in a fashion that made it feel as though they were actually being anti-prejudiced. Because didn't they often frame it that way? That like, uh, to defend Western civilization, right, you know, and all of the progressive, you know, modern sensibilities we hold, we have to keep, you know, the, the, the regressive Muslims out. But then they were themselves quite regressive in many ways towards Muslims and other groups. Yeah, well, I want to get to the point where I feel like my alt-right sort of evolution started. And this was around 2013, 2014. I could be wrong. Uh, and I might get the timeline of events kind of, out of um, you know, off. But it, it, um, but the, but it kind of pertains to everything that happens here is where, like, I feel like it all started. So there was an incident that happened in Israel where three... Jewish Israeli teenagers were, you know, kidnapped and murdered. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. All right. So, yeah, what was so. the Israeli government's response to this? Can you guess? Uh, I'm going to guess that it was a um, very discriminate and highly targeted uh, attack on only the people responsible and not an entire ethnic group. Mm. Uh, uh, if only we lived in a more ideal world, maybe that would be the case. But. No, instead, what Israel's response was, was to basically carpet bomb Gaza and the West Bank. And um, several things happened out of there. Um, And this was around a time when I guess I would have considered myself nominally pro-Israel, although not always agreeing with everything that they did. Um, But this turned me completely anti-Israel. And if anything, it turned me almost completely Um, anti-Semitic. I went from Islamophobic to anti-Semitic in a heartbeat when this happened. And this and this was like the pivotal thing that I think uh, it it caused me to get a, you know, panic attack at the time. You know, I didn't understand. And and it almost kind of made me feel like, holy shit, the alt writers are, you know, these people, you know, who, you know, JQ and everything. uh, Maybe they're correct. And this was when Benjamin Netanyahu went to the United Nations before the entire world. And he said that Hitler did not really want to kill the Jews. It was the Palestinians yeah. who convinced Hitler to do this. I remember. Yep. The Arabs. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember that speech. Yes. And you want to know what AIU did as a response? What? He, like, put up this hour-long video praising Netanyahu and, like, basically, like, you know, putting hip, cool rap music to make, you know, fucking, like, Netanyahu seem like a badass Chad. And, like, you know, and he was just doing nothing but shitting on the Palestinians and basically praising Israel and saying that Palestinians don't deserve a country. Uh, they don't deserve to, like, you know, that they're all terrorists, that they're all evil, and they're all bloodthirsty. And probably the most disgusting thing, and he's deleted this, by the way. Uh, I have never been able to recover this at all because either one of two things happened. Either YouTube struck it down for hate speech or he deleted it himself because, you know, he's a fucking coward. And, you know, he'll, you know, there's no one out there that will ever call him out on this except for me because I remember it. I, um, and, and, and this is when he said, this was when he said, and I quote, when the bombs drop on Gaza, 
I'm going to be masturbating to the sight of dead Palestinian children. And he said this as like an edgy joke. And at the time, I didn't take that as a that I didn't think that was funny, honestly. Yeah, well, um, I think it's pretty objectively not funny. I always um, I AIU always seemed a little <laughs> odd to me because it seemed like he was basically an alt writer, but also extremely pro Zionist. I well, uh, it's weird because he considers odd... himself. Oh, sorry. Didn't he like Hillary Clinton too? He's, he's like, oh, oh my God, he simped for Hillary Clinton. He simped for her. And he made like hour long videos, like half hour long videos, basically like around the 2016 election when Bernie Sanders was, you know, discarded and, you know, and Hillary was chosen as the candidate. He basically made a video like, ha ha, you know, Bernie bros, you know, get fucked, you know, Bernie sucks. You know, Bernie has terrible ideas. You know, uh, Hillary Clinton is the smartest woman ever. And, you know, Hillary Clinton is like the best and most qualified person ever. And if you don't agree, you're just a disgusting, you know, immature simpleton. And I mean, I'm going to fully, you know, admit I, I would have voted for Bernie Sanders. You know, you know, if, <laughs> I would have voted for Sanders had he ran that election um, instead of, you know, throwing a monkey wrench into the into the system by voting for Trump, which, you know, I kind of regret now these days. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. It, it happens the best of us, you know, um, but holy shit. He, he would like get that. down in his knees and fillet Hillary Clinton. Like there was no tomorrow. It, it was, it's embarrassing. It's cringe. And you can actually still find some of his videos of him, you know, doing, <laughs> you know, showering Clinton with, 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 uh, with praise, but anyways, continue. Well, I want to know because I'm on, I'm on this roller coaster ride that, that, that is your, your, your political evolution. So, so like, so, so now, okay. Netanyahu, so now we're all right after the Netanyahu. Yeah, so like the yeah. Netanyahu thing caused me to like, you know, question everything. It caused me to like, you know, have this view that like, you know, that, the people on the right who say that, like, you know, like Jews, you know, made up the Holocaust and like the, you know, like this and that, you know, um, I decided that what I would do, because like I did it out of, you know, genuine curiosity where like I wanted to understand why these people thought the way they did. Not that I would go in there and like agree with them on everything, but I wanted to basically, you know, hear from the horse's mouth. Why do white nationalists believe in the things that they do? And I went in with an open mind wanting to, you know, hear what they had to say, you know, going on 4chan or going on, you know, various websites like, uh, I, uh, you know, from different people, uh, organizations you can probably name. And I almost kind of came out of it as a full-blown anti-Semite, uh, you know, and... Uh, <clears throat> And not really so much as Islamophobic anymore, but still having like a, a little bit of a prejudice towards them. But uh, my focus was not on Muslims anymore. Uh, it was more like it was it, it was more like it's the Jews, it's them, and um, you know, it's and it's kind of weird because uh, I went in to I guess this discussion now that I was a full-on JQer and things like that um it's not that i necessarily agreed with the race and iq stuff i never really bought into that you know for obvious reasons because you know i'm not white you know <laughs> but um right it's sort of syncretic right you uh but what i what i thought i guess i could have done in a way like this was my mode of thinking i thought that okay if 
like there, there's two groups of people of white nationalists that I've come to recognize exist. There's one that believes in like, you know, Rahoa, you know, 1488, you know, gas the Jews and race war now types who just want to, you know, start a war and, you know, fulfill a bloodlust. And then there's people who, I mean, I guess I can only take their word for it, who believe in like, okay, uh, we don't want to be with you guys. We don't want to live with the liberals. We don't want to live among, you know, people of color. We don't want Jews around. We just want our own separate place uh, where we could live in peace and harmony, and we don't want to hurt anyone. I've heard that one And before. I, for yeah. a long time, I sympathized with that, and I understood, like, all right, fine. You know, if these guys want to start their own country, who am I to stop them? You know, um, that's, that was my mode of thinking for a long time. Um, you know, although, you know, the more time, I guess, over the years, up until, like, maybe 2018, <clears throat> Uh, I, I, I was fully on board with the idea of, yeah, you know, let's, let's create, you know, an ethno state in North America, you know, give the white nationalists their own homeland. You know, I, I didn't really care. Uh, I, I felt at the time it was no skin off my ass. So, you know, why not? Um, however, it wasn't until like maybe last year with the latest bombing raids that happened in Israel and Palestine is when I really began to think to myself, is that really a good idea? Because I remembered watching a few of your videos back then uh, where you specifically outlined certain uh, statistics regarding Israel and, you know, the concept of ethnostates in general, where you said that it wasn't going to take long after a few generations for the next generation of the citizens of an ethnostate to eventually become more... Uh, reactionary and more violent and probably more uh predisposed to war you know what i mean oh yeah 100 percent. it's the internal yeah. logic of the system if you have obviously even if you had a completely peaceful ethno state i still think there are issues there if you fall in love yeah. with a person of a different race your children can't be in that state you can't bring your lover there it denies people the freedom to travel there are issues just with that of course economic issues Ooh. with like you know the, the the cross flow of labor but but even if you were to assume uh, uh all that peace there are still issues but of course there wouldn't be because the inherent logic of an ethno state isn't just difference it's supremacy there's never been yes. an ethno state where people are like oh yeah we need to use the power of our government to keep our type separate from their type not because we're better than them but because we're just different and it, it never works out that way of course every group thinks they're the best and groups that think they're the best eventually begin to think well since we're the better group don't we have more of a right to the resources the other group has and this happens every time you have ethnically segregated groups um, it, it, the logic just necessarily leads to violence. So I don't think there's any such thing as a peaceful ethno state. There certainly hasn't yeah, been like historically. I, I always thought to, uh, cause then I began thinking to myself that, um, okay, let's say in an alternate reality, we do get, you know, this, you know, Republic of Whitetopia somewhere and, uh, they, they're established. Of course, they're not recognized maybe by most of the world, but, um, but, you know, uh, they've established themselves and, you know, but they have one little teeny tiny problem. You know what that is? All right. Uh, they have pockets like little they have cities where there are people of color who refuse to leave for whatever reason, uh, which include Native Americans, which, you know, I guess some of these white nationalists have never really even thought of because, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever heard of something called the Northwest Front. Have you ever heard of something that like that? I've heard the term. 
Yeah, Northwest Front, which was founded by um, a guy named Harold Covington, who's dead now. I mean, I guess for, you know, better or for worse, I guess. Um, not that the man really amounted to anything, but he had this idea that the Northwest, uh, like Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, would become like a separate ethnostate. And, um, and uh, he, wrote, he wrote these novels that outlined, I guess, his vision or his plan for you know, what he would want to see for a future white ethnostate. But he never really touched on, like, the whole Native American issue because um, I don't know why, but, um, but, uh, but let's say if there are pockets of populations of people of color who are still in this, you know, Republic of Whitetopia. There are millions of um, non-white people. I mean, yeah, we're, we're including um, what, Portland what's going to happen Seattle to them here. if they refuse to leave? Uh, what, you, several things could happen. Either they could, you know, just outright kill them, or they could, you know, create walls around them like Israel does with Gaza and West Bank and, you know, turn them in sort of like a turn, turn it in sort of like an open concentration camp like we see when, with Gaza and West Bank. So that's the, the, and I ask myself, do I really want to see a second Israel in North America of all places? And the answer is no, I don't. And it's, of course, for no benefit. Um you know, we're, we're talking about overwhelming, catastrophic social harm being brought about for, 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 for like what? I mean, it's like, so like, what is white-topia? Like, like what, is, what, are we, what are we getting here? I mean, the, if there was some kind of enormous, overwhelming, proven benefit to ethnostates, the evidence for which, of course, has never been provided, the most powerful country on earth is ours, and we are a pretty multicultural nation, all things considered. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just the this this math never seems to bear out, you know. Um, usually, it's just sort of this vague allusion to because the, ultimately the lie is this, right? The belief that you can be a white nationalist without being a white supremacist. The only way you could justify whatever harm would be incurred through white nationalism was if you believed white people were better, because it, it is through the perceived inferiority of non-white people that you would even find it worthwhile to create a space where they couldn't exist um but, yeah but you know that can't be demonstrated either so it's always some adjacency issue well a place for our people to live in peace you can live in peace wherever you want live anywhere wait you you you're not talking about a place you can live in peace you're talking about a place where you can keep other people from leaving it's always a euphemism right it's always it's always the next issue over the adjacent point yeah um and I mean, for another point I want to make, you know, like regarding the two different groups of white nationalists, you know, the ones who want the peaceful solution and the ones who want, you know, to just fill up a bloodlust, you know, they're, they're just anti non-white for the sake of being anti non-white. For these, for people who claim that they want to secure the existence of their people in the future for white children, they seem rather enthusiastic about starting a cataclysmic, you know, race war that would not only get a lot of you know people of color killed but it would wholesale slaughter tens of millions of innocent white people who have no say in the matter whatsoever or probably don't even agree with them for all for all we know yeah well people in america don't want a white ethnostate of course you know yeah a few places yeah. that do um, yeah so uh <clears throat> and regarding my uh I already kind of somewhat dis uh, described my disappointment with the left as in like, you know, I guess the discourse being somewhat muddied. Um, my disappointment with the right sort of came with uh, Charlottesville. And um, 
do you remember a man by the name of Christopher Cantwell? Yes, I do, though. I don't remember what they did, Christopher. Okay, well, he... Um, he was oh, the yes. host of a show called Radical Agenda. Obviously, it's not around the, anymore. And the crying I don't even Nazi. Really... The crying Nazi. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there we go. Yes. That's it. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but I was a listener of his a year and a half before Charlottesville ever happened. And I kind of witnessed the slow evolution from him being just like, you know, kind of like a average, like libertarian, you know, sort of like free market type guy to you know, being radicalized by his audience, you know, into like, you know, a full on, you know, 1488 or which, you know, um, uh, he, he did kind of tend to attract an audience like that to some, to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a pretty big, uh, overlap, unfortunately, between the libertarian right and neo-Nazis. Um, because I feel like oftentimes the libertarian economic policies are a way of bringing about outcomes that Nazis want without having to invoke any of the really controversial racial politics. Like libertarians will often support police uh, because police support property rights. You know, libertarians mm -hmm. tend to be pretty big on police cracking down on criminals, you know, which feels contrary, but really isn't if you look at the underlying motivations. And additionally, um, many of the outcomes of free market economics without regulation lead to the suppression of groups uh of of minority status you know we yeah back, yeah yeah like you know a lot of libertarians for example want to get rid of uh the civil rights act because they think businesses should be able to discriminate against somebody based on the color of their skin they say it's a free you know free market issue but a lot of them just don't like black people that much you know well i mean even even without the racial aspect to it um uh, libertarianism, honestly, is probably like the grand mother load of like really stupid fucking ideas that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's on the top there. It's on the top. You know, uh, I, I despise capitalism, you know, and it's only just in the last few years that I've really come to terms and understood why capitalism is bad. You know, I kind of used to have this naive idea that uh, well, you could either choose communism or capitalism, you know, it's one or the other. And I used to think that, you know, well, I mean, what other system is there to choose from? I don't want communism because, you know, Soviet Union and, you know, gulags and stuff. But there's also capitalism and, you know, McDonald's and, uh, you know, video games. And so, like, well, what would I rather have? But right. I mean, even then, like maybe my understanding of communism is maybe not fully clear as well either because, I know that there's a group of people who I know you've come to despise, and that is a group called Tankies, which I used to kind of think were representative of like the you know far left and were representative of communism. But I guess to my knowledge, it seems that's not the case based on what you've said in the past. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. No, if anything, I think they would be more politically aligned with how you used to think. <clears throat> I think a lot of them tend to be pretty far right. There's just a different set of aesthetics and a different in-group, out-group dynamic they tend to appreciate. But otherwise, the, okay. the underlying logic, I think, uh, tends to be pretty similar. I don't have anything in common with them. I see. Yeah, and um, I mean, I'm not even sure for certain if I'm leaving fully on board with communism either, but you've described socialism before, and I do like that. Um, I do feel that workers' rights is definitely, like, a very, very important issue to me personally because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a worker, you know, I, I do welding for a living, 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, that's my wife in the background, by the way. But, you oh, know, right. I'm a... Oh, he says hi, you know, to thousands of people right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a, I'm a welder by trade, you know, so I do, um, I do a lot of work with my hands. And, you know, obviously, I want to make sure that, um, you know, that not just my interests, but, you know, interests of people like myself, you know, people who are family men expecting fathers or people who already have children, you know, have like the most rights as possible. And I think what kind of disturbs me the most about conservatives, particularly on the Republican branch of things, is that um, they hate unions and they just seem to hate poor people. And if it's one thing that I find more disgusting in the world, it's poor bashing. And I've never, ever sympathized with any person who has the gall to be like, you know, poor people are stupid and, you know, poor people don't know, you know, what's good for them and shit like that. I've never, I've never uh, liked that sort of, you know, talking point. It just makes people sound arrogant and, you know, sniffing their own farts. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it. Classism is the one great bigotry um, that that they have tried to institutionalize. Uh, in the same way that race realists try to make racism not a not an ideological bigotry, but a type of you know, taxonomical, empirical distinction that you can just believe in without bias. Capitalism seeks to make class differences and bias against people of lower classes, not actually a bias, but rather just some kind of empirical metric by which you can determine a person's worth. Um, it's the it's the last kind of acceptable bigotry. Mm-hmm. Choo-choo. Well, going back to... Uh... Cantwell, um, he was probably the first out of pretty much every single, like, you know, right-leaning, I do apologize for the train. No worries. We like like trains here. Okay. Um, Well, um, uh, Christopher Cantwell, I think, was probably the very first right-leaning media figure. I don't follow any right-leaning media figures, by the way. Um, You know, Milo, uh, uh, Gavin, uh, Nick Fuentes, you know, all these people just kind of sicken me uh, in one way or another. I don't like them. Um, it's, it's, it seems like it's not like they're not going through some kind of like scandal where they get caught, you know, I don't know, like doing something shady, whether it's m- with money or, you know, texting, you know, inappropriate, having inappropriate sexual relations or sexual relations that conflict with their views, you know, things like that. It's, it just seems like a lot of them are just, you know, in it to like get attention and nothing more. Uh, but with Cantwell, um, when that crying Nazi video came out, I, I remembered cause I was subscribed to his YouTube channel at the time. I remember when that video first dropped and you know, th- that video had like zero views and I was on it. And I remember feeling sorry for him at the time, but like over time, like it just seemed like as this guy got into like, you know, media scandal after scandal, you know, legal trouble. And, you know, uh, the last I ever heard of him, he was threatening to like, you know, sexually assault some guy's wife in front of their kids. You know, it just sounded like he was full of talk. Yeah. It it was just full of talk, you know, and just, I, I, he just had no fucking idea what he was doing. And so like, I just kind of dropped out and I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck this guy. He has, he's an idiot. He has no idea what the hell he's talking about. And I don't even think he really knows for sure what it is that he wants, honestly, because then he tries to, 
sort of backpedal on a lot of the stuff he used to say well internet, you know, prior to charlottesville internet political activism is always going to be personality driven i mean it's people with strong personalities and strong opinions who find people who agree with them enough to give them money and then once you're making money doing that you're going to continue with whatever language maximizes that because nobody wants to go back to working a service job after you've gotten the sweet sweet youtube bucks i'm saying that with reference to myself as well it's something that ubiquitously affects anybody who does this kind of work any kind of media political <laughs> news stuff there's always that you know that tie but um I, I think like at the end of the day, there are processes by which you can determine how effective the things a person is recommending are, you know, and the thing that I've yeah. noticed is that a lot of people on the far right are fucking terrified of of like proving their right. You know, you'll you'll get a lot of posturing, you know, sometimes people will do that Tonka saw adjacent like macho posturing where anytime yeah. somebody p points out their like a retard they they'll just like, you know, puff up their chest like a gorilla. And sometimes they'll like go back into irony poisoning like uh, Nick Fuentes tier stuff where anytime they're wrong, everybody who says they're wrong is Jewish and everyone who's Jewish is wrong and they're all lying and actually everyone's gay. And so, you know, so like not even uh, engaging. It kind of right? sounds a little bit like how I kind of used to be. I'm not going to lie. You know, yeah. no, don't get me wrong. That stuff's fun and everything. And I understand, especially like when, when you imagine your political opponent as like very um, malicious people or who are even beneath consideration, like too malicious or too stupid to even be worth engaging with. There is always going to be the temptation to be like, fuck these guys. Like, well, I'm not even going to, what, I'm going to explain how this shit works to you. Fuck you. You know, you're gay, you're Jewish, whatever. Because that's like the easy, but of course, you know, training people to have that reflex, that anti-intellectual reflex, is how you keep them vulnerable to misinfo. Because once they do that by reflex, like, how do you actually change their mind on anything, right? Like, it it, it, it stops being possible. At that point, well, everything is like an irony wall, you know? Well, here's an interesting thing. Um, two things. After Charlottesville, which I think was probably around the end of 2017, um, I met two friends of mine um no names need to be mentioned or anything but um you know uh, i met two friends um and i never i guess it's kind of weird because i don't know how the hell in the world this happened but uh one friend was an ex like you know skinhead an ex skinhead from the past you know uh he did uh, he did a lot of things that he regrets uh, it brought him a lot of trouble and it didn't really do any good in his life you know and you know in retrospect he was probably you know, he told me himself he was probably lashing out a lot at, you know, some childhood traumas that he had from the past. Um, and the other friend of mine is actually an ex-Antifa member. So, oh, um, sweet. Yeah, um, I kind of have mixed feelings on them. I'm not going to lie. Um, but that's besides the point. The point is, is that these guys sort of met up with me after I was, you know, I, I, I communicated with them online. Uh, you know, um, and they saw like some of the stuff I was saying on, you know, YouTube, you know, I guess before my channel got terminated and probably rightfully so, because, you know, I obviously violated TOS. So it's not like I was surprised that that happened. It but, um, happen. Yeah. And um, and I guess and they, they wanted to connect with me and, you know, sort of, you know, explore my ideas, what I was thinking. And I guess what is really good of them that they did was that um. At the time, I was going through a lot of friction with my own family, conflict, uh, you know, fighting with them, arguing with them on politics all the time because I felt passionate about it at the time. And 
you know, in retrospect, I kind of re- regret, you know, alienating my, my two brothers and, you know, my father, you know, uh, for, for, uh, for that time, at, you know, back then. And these two friends of mine uh, would talk to me in a sense that they wouldn't talk down to me, but they would sort of like, you know, kind of like ask me why questions. They would ca- ask me, well, why is it that you believe this? What is this? And, you know, um, well, here's what I think. And, you know, and it kind of led to, and I guess what they were trying to, uh, what they were trying to do, and maybe they may have succeeded in doing is that they had a friend of theirs who uh, sort of went down a similar path that I did except that he went into full-on despair and loneliness and, you know, fuck it, the world is, you know, corrupt and messed up, and, you know, he ended up killing himself. And I guess these guys, uh, you know, these friends of mine, didn't want to see me do the same thing. Well, that would definitely be ideal. You know, there is an extremely strong, and you would know this better than me because um, you've been there. Uh, and I and I haven't, mm-hmm. not directly, but there is a lot of suicidality on the far right. Uh, like, and that is another lo- thing I like definitely a huge wanted amount. To, yeah, that's another topic. Uh, I was finally we're at this you know point. Is that a lot of the people like on 4chan, 8chan? Although I never went on 8chan, you know, because I thought the site was disgusting, to be honest. But yeah, you know, a lot of um, a lot of sussy stuff on there. Gotta say, yeah, very questionable. 8chan was not a good place. Uh, not only because I fucking hated the format, but you know, because uh, you know, very questionable shit that no reasonable person would want to be caught with, anyways. But yeah. you know, um, all these boards, uh, I see a lot of very desperately lonely and very severely depressed people and they were just kind of feeding into each other this misery and this cynicism and pain and it's almost as if they did not want to um they didn't want to see each other succeed uh, and they just wanted to see each other suffer oh sorry oh sorry here you go oh sorry no uh, sorry hold on um um but anyways um it was almost as if they were feeding each other like the, the pain and misery that they were feeling and this, um, and it's kind of sad. Like I would say that a lot of the people, uh, who I guess identify as white nationalists or incels or things like that are not bad people in their hearts. I think that what they are is that they are misled or that they're hurting inside and that, you know, I don't know if all of them can be saved. Some of them might, you know, end up doing something to themselves or God forbid they end up doing something to others like, you know, um, Christ church or, um, you know, or uh, Anders Breivik or Dylan roof, you know, people like that. That, that state of mind is desirable. I think to a lot of people in that movement, because that desperation and that like suicidal detachment from reality is a really effective way of radicalizing people. I mean, people I'll who never forget this. Don't care if they live or for- die are more likely to go shoot yeah. up a synagogue, right? I, I'll never forget this, but I remembered watching an interview with Weave Arnheimer. I don't know if you know that guy. Do you? Weave Arnheimer. No, I don't think so. Uh, he is like a massive like internet troll. Probably some of the people in the chat know who he is, but uh, he, he's he's a massive internet troll uh, who converted to you know neo-nazism in prison 
you know, when, you know, he went to prison for some tech crime that he didn't technically commit, but you know, that's another story for another time. But anyways, he, uh, went on to interview, uh, with, uh, with, oh, in wait, chat saying he invented Stormfront. Oh, uh, a, a prominent lad. Well, he, he co-founded Stormfront with, you know, the other guy, I forgot his name. But um, but yeah, uh, he went on to an interview with Christopher Cantwell and he said something that I thought was very fucking like really fucking scary and terrifying. And that was that like, well, Dylan Roof, um, he was a hero, you know, and not that he was a good person or anything. You know, he was a fucking loser who probably wasn't going to amount to anything at all. But we need people like him to commit acts of violence like this. We need people like him to like throw themselves uh, you know, at the beast and, you know, sort of, you know, uh, you know, begin this whole, you know, crusade, you know, something along those lines. At least he's honest. It's well, but, but, well, well, that, it, well, I mean, there is an honesty in that, but that is the attitude, right? A lot of these guys, you, you said earlier, a lot of these guys have good hearts. Okay. I don't know what a good or a bad heart is, but I don't think people are essentially good or bad. A lot of these people, you know, these alt-right types, I think they could have been good if maybe they got info from a different source or like depending on how life pulled or pushed them, whichever way they went. But a lot of them are really depressed. They are really sad. Um, and the far-right politics stuff is useful in a lot of ways because A, it gives them a broader identity outside themselves. You know, if you don't think much of yourself, this whole Richard Spencer tier being white means you carry the torch of the generations past bullshit, makes you feel like you're part of some epic saga, even if all you've accomplished is, you know, managing to get every rope in the cum jar that time. Uh, and, and um, but, but, but that, that sense of detachment, it's, it's not going to be fixed, right? I don't think you can get a community in these spaces because, and I'm guessing this is probably the case with you, you probably, even when you were in the alt-right space, felt like most of the other people in the alt-right space were losers, right? I feel like there's well, a constant yeah, self because, and um, intra-group loathing going on over there. I mean, I have my wife to thank for this, but um, she noticed that 4chan was making me a much more cynical and more miserable person like generally speaking. And she told me flat out like Arthur or whatever. <laughs> oh fuck. I doxed myself. Oh, well, fuck it. It's a you pretty, know, pretty light, want... pretty light docs. I'd say we narrowed it down to like <laughs> 1 million. People. I don't want you to go on 4chan anymore. You know, like stop going on there. Like, and like, I don't want to see you on there anymore. Stop it. And when I quit, it was honestly one of the best fucking things I ever did in my life. Honestly, it really was. Because I was sick and tired, honestly, of, you know, hearing, like, the Doomer stuff and, you know, and, um, and you know, j just, like, the negativity and the hate and all of that, like, um, and, I mean, let's just, let, let's grant them a little bit of, uh, let's just say, let's play devil's advocate for a little. Let's just assume that, okay, yeah, the Jews are behind all this, that, you know, they're turning white women into feminist bitches or whatever, and, you know, the white birth rate's going to go down. We're going to go extinct. Okay, let's say if that is true. There's only so much Jew blaming that you can do before the problem is not with them. It's with you and your negative attitude and your refusal to go out and actually talk to women and, you know, go out and actually socialize and, you know, form connections with people. But it's almost as if they shut themselves out from everything and in a, an attempt to, like, you know, prevent themselves from getting hurt or getting betrayed or, 
I guess, you know, some of them have a lot and, of this and, obsession yeah, and with eternal, getting cucked or whatever. It's an eternal excuse too, right? Like, um, yeah. anytime yeah. anything goes wrong. Now, to be fair, there are elements of this everywhere, but I feel like it's never more holistic than where it is um, on the far right. And it's always a plot <laughs> with the far right too. So like on the left, you know, why economically are things going bad? You can, it's like, okay, well, maybe I've been lazy, but also maybe like there's an economic downturn or like austerity no, policies are redirecting well. No, I agree. Socioeconomics, I think, does play a role into this. Uh, I heavily, heavily agree with... Um, with you on that um, and it's, but it's a fact, systemic thing right not like a, yeah a, like the jews are doing it like like this plot which it, by narrativizing it that way you know you're always an yeah. eternal victim of evil people as opposed to just we live in systems that are flawed but we can build better systems yeah and a lot of these alt writers including you know aiu who does a lot of videos of just bad news pornography of like um, not the Jews, because he 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 loves he, he he's infatuated with the Jews and simps for Israel all the time. But, you know, he he makes a lot of videos about like, oh, look at what this black person did. Like, mm -hmm. let's yep. this weekend on like the, the this week's black person who, you know, killed this and that. He, it's he made just a Twitter like, account called He Wasn't Jogging to describe Ahmad Arbery. I saw him melting uh, down after the verdict <laughs> oh of the three, of the three murderers. Yeah. And like all all AIU is really good for is just shitting on Muslims and shitting on black people while offering no solutions at all. And just like other than, you know, just lock them up, lock them up, you know, prison, prison, you know, police kill them, you know, lock them up. You know, he doesn't he doesn't even want to talk about socioeconomics, which he mocks by saying, like, you know, systemic structures of institutional systems and stuff by as if that's a retort. Or, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't even want to talk about, you know, actually solving, you know, social issues or, you know, poverty or, you know, the lack of job opportunities. All he wants to do is just shit on black people without offering a solution. And I mean, hey, look at, you know, give say what you want about the white nationalists. But and, you know, the, like at least they came up with solutions in their mind, albeit, you know, the best at best they were morally questionable and worse, they were heinously awful. You know, but AIU doesn't do that. He just plays this ambiguous sort of, you know, facade of like, you know, hmm, you know, let's see, what are the bottom countries in the world for IQ and, you know, and poverty? Hmm, you know, what does this mean? You know, like shit like that. No, I get that. In, in, in this respect, I feel like one of the ways that you can kind of morally <laughs> judge a person isn't even how like uh, pernicious their beliefs are but what underlying motives supply those beliefs? Because I think it's possible, and in fact, I know people who are like this because some of them are in my community now, Of and, mm. and I think you too, um, who were far right, which I disagree with very much, but were far right because they thought the far right had solutions to real problems. <clears throat> I don't think that justifies the solutions, and I don't think those solutions were solutions, but at least there's a goal-oriented mindset there. But there are people for whom the only goal is the hate, where there's not even a pretense at building some kind of preferable alternative, even if the thing they want to build wouldn't work, you know, it's about 
the condemnation. And sometimes that's the feeling that I get from like, uh, also, I guess, Paul Joseph Watson types, you know, where it's not, it's never about oh, like a solution. God, I hate that yeah, it's never about <laughs> like, what can be done to fix this? Even if the solutions are bad, at least it indicates you want to fix a problem. Sometimes it's just the political culture you build around the hatred of minority groups. And those people are, make a lot of money from what they do, and they do not want any solutions to be brought about. Because if they did, then they wouldn't have anything to complain about anymore, right? Like that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's... exactly. It's like, like, I'll put it this way. Um, uh, the war that we are fighting, this war of, like, you know, that we are fighting is not against people it's not against blacks it's not against jews it's not against white males it's not against like any particular group of people what it is is that it is a fight against the institutions and the systems of power the you know the this global sort of you know capitalist you know endeavor to basically put you know one third uh, uh, one third of the entire world's population in abject poverty and you know exploiting you know workers uh paying them only like a cent an hour you know shit like that um this is that's what we are essentially fighting against and honestly if um like that that that's is what i think that this fight is really all about you know um no i i, I e like e even if even if like you know jews made up like the majority of like the global like the capitalists that you know rule like you know the the IMF banks or the world federal reserve bank you know it's not the jews that are the problem it's banking it's you know capitalism it's this uh the system that is made to keep people in poverty that's the problem it's and, not them you know and if 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 one were to draw from a real life example <laughs> If it turned out that an entire global system of capitalist exploitation was almost entirely controlled by white people, which it is, it wouldn't be white people's fault either. It would just be that mm -hmm. white people happened to, the, you know, the gods rolled dice and, uh, and, and white people ended up being the neo-colonial masters. But it would be as bad if any other continent had ended up uh, securing the reins first. That's really not yeah. about whichever group got to the top. Well, the... Uh, I, um. What was I going to say? Uh, the anger and the frustration that I felt, uh, I believe, mostly came from, uh, I guess, uh, being misdirected with a mixture of, you know, several things, I guess, happening in my personal life. Uh, you want to know a funny story? Yeah, hit me up. Okay. So, December 2015. I was due to uh, uh, 2015. I, it, was, it was roughly like two weeks before Christmas. I was choosing between going to a meeting at a regional center because I have autism. You know, I was, uh, you know, I, um, I, I was receiving checks up until like maybe a few years before that. And the reason they said was that, oh, you don't have autism anymore. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. But either way, my mom wanted me to be on the SSI payments. And, you know, um, and I really hated the meetings. You know, we tried over and over again to these meetings to you know, get, uh, to, uh, to basically get reinstated with SSI and it never worked. And, you know, a lot of these people that we dealt with were not the greatest people in the world. I hated going to them. So I had to choose either going to another one of these boring ass meetings or going to, you know, a college class that I was kind of failing anyways at the time. And I decided to go to the college class instead. My mom calls me and tells me that something's happening at the regional center. And it's terrible. 
and I look up on the news, and you want to know what happened at the regional center? What? It got shot up by Islamic terrorists. Oh, Jesus. And 15 people were killed. And if you know what I'm referencing, I'm referencing the San Bernardino mass shooting. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. Uh, I was supposed to go there that day, and, you know, I— you know, by some miracle, I just decided, you know, uh, I'm not going to go to those meetings. I'm sorry. I just don't want to go because, you know, what? fuck it. Like, you know, I, I'm sick and tired of going to those meetings anyways. They were boring. They were terrible. And they were condescending. And, you know, I, and I'm not saying that to obviously excuse what those people did because what they did was terrible. I mean, for fuck's sake, if me and my mom had gone there that day, there would have been 17 people dead instead of 15 people. And I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't interpret your uh, distaste for the place as a as an exoneration of the shooter. Don't worry. No, um, no, not at all. In fact, actually, if anything, that event kind of fed into my Islamophobia back in the early days. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It should be noted that in many cases, the goal of Islamic terrorists is to bring about um, anti-Muslim discrimination because it increases the likelihood of future Muslims being uh, radicalized. That was one of the explicit goals, I think, of um, Al-Qaeda and um, Osama bin Laden, that the response America would take after 9-11 would show Muslims the color of the West. Um, and, and it kind of worked, because ISIS only came about as a result of what we did uh, after 9-11. Um, after yeah, and then people like Autism is Unstoppable and Pat Condell can go on the internet and be like, you know, see this weekend, like, you know, Muslims are savages and terrible people and, you know, how Palestinians deserve to die and shit like that. And then more of the 1.5 billion Muslims on the planet look at that and go, well, guess there goes our chance of getting along with the West, you know? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Yep. It, uh, and it gets worse and worse and worse every time. Um, yeah. So as far as like what this means for me now, you know, like I, I can't like. I, f I felt betrayed by the left before. I'm certainly betrayed by the right now. And I don't know if I see myself going back, to, especially not the right. You know, I don't see myself going back to either side. Um, uh, I guess I guess I have a lot of more growing to do. Um, I have a lot of things to think about. One of the biggest things that probably inspired me in all this is because of the fact that I'm going to become a father later this summer. And I really started to think about you know, what is it that I want my son to be when he grows up? Well, <laughs> congratulations yeah, on your and, impending fatherhood. Yeah. And, and I don't want him making the same mistakes that I did, but at the same time, I don't want to deny him, obviously the chance to be the critical thinker, a person who challenges authority, person who just, you know, like asks questions. That's what I want him to do. I don't want him to just, submit to something just because he has to i mean i guess other than his parents to some extent but <laughs> but other than that i want him to become a respectable you know young man who will you know uh, hopefully like you know help others and be charitable and you know be kind and not be hate-filled or you know stuck on 4chan god oh my god i can't even imagine the shit that i'm gonna have to deal with when he starts learning how to use the internet i'm i'm scared of that honestly yeah, it'll uh, it'll be a whole thing. Though to be yeah. fair, you know, with how quickly the 
dynamic um, moves these days, I have a feeling that the political groups that'll be relevant like 15 years from now are going to be completely different from the ones relevant today. Like the alt-right probably won't exist. There will be some whole other set of things, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the dynamic is going down that road. Um, now, before I go, I actually did want to ask you really quickly. Yeah. Um, okay, so, how, like, uh, I don't want to name where I'm at or where I'm working at, obviously, but um, I work at a company, uh, and they, uh, you know, they, obviously we don't have unions here where I live. It's a red state, you know. Um, and if I ever wanted to help try to organize a union, what would you recommend that I do as far as, like, you know, uh, having the, the workers there unionize where I'm at. Um, I would say that you email a local IWW representative, International Workers of the World. Um, mm. they, don't, they don't have a global union like that unites everyone everywhere, but they do have organizers who are pretty trained in that stuff who can uh, give you some props. I've had one of the representatives on my stream a few times. We talked about that stuff, but in terms of particular advice, they're always going to know way the hell more than I would. Mm, okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. And another thing, what's your opinion on, um, uh, what's it called? Staffing agencies. Staffing agencies? Like, um, staffing agencies. Cause, uh, you know, uh, when I was, when I used to live in San Bernardino, um, long time ago, uh, I went to a staffing agency and this was after the whole, you know, regional center, you know, debacle that happened. Um, you know, I decided to go out and, you know, earn my own money. But the staffing agencies were some of the most miserable experiences I ever had because, one, they didn't offer full employment. In fact, it was just contract work, you know, that lasted. Oh, that, I, went that was to not one. I went to one yeah. before, before yes. I started streaming, right before. <laughs> okay, so what are you, what's your thoughts on them? Oh, they fucking suck. They're terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're, they're essentially just like the middlemen of the gig economy where you, nobody has any job security whatsoever, but their job is to make you feel like you have even less, less job security. Honestly, it was the staffing agencies that really turned me anti-capitalist because I came across all kinds of people. Probably the most tragic one of all was a mother who told me she had four kids and she told me that this was her third job at the agencies and that she rarely ever gets to see her kids except for maybe one day out of the week but other than that, she is working three staffing agency jobs and she makes nothing but like at the time, at least it was only like less than $10 an hour. Yeah, it's fucking humiliating, too, because yeah. you, because you go there and they're like, OK, are you are, will, will you lick shit from a toilet? And you're like, yes, they're like, will, yeah. you, will you do it for free? Yes. OK, we've got the job for you. Like they it's it's. It is so it is so effective at systemically dehumanizing any approach. Uh, it also, because of the way it works, necessarily staffing agencies, confirms the fact that workers have no bargaining power whatsoever as individuals. Staffing agencies couldn't exist in the way they do if workers did. Um, there's no situation where you can bargain with a staffing agency. The, you, you get what they have for you, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... And, uh... Well, I guess that's really about it for now. Um, maybe we could have another conversation someday. Um, other than that, like, uh, like I'll say a few things before I go. Mm -hmm. One, um, I don't always agree with some of the things you say. I have nothing but respect for your, your vigilance and, you know, standing up and, you know, how, like, you... Like, I, I'll, I have to compliment you on your Professor Flowers debate because that debate 
I honestly could say is one of the single greatest debates I ever witnessed in my life because I never seen someone like you stand up to like like the the super super woke uh so woke that you're a racial nationalist crowd uh in my life because like in the early 2010s I would have never even dreamed of witnessing you know a white person you know doing what you did although except maybe AIU did that except you know he kind of went down the you know shitting on black people you know race and IQ stuff but your response was you know when when you know they when like, like, for example, the whole condescending thing of like, Vosh, as a white male, you need to keep your mouth shut when a person of color is talking. And your response is, no, fuck you, Nazi. You're a segregationist. And here's why, you know, like that I thought was pretty fucking, you know, uh, pretty impressive. I, I got to say, like your debate with Professor Flowers, honestly, like really, really, really opened my eyes. I, 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 and, I, and I mean it when I say this. I don't think a debate like that has ever existed before. Yours is literally like the first of its kind. I swear to God, the majority of the people on the left, in the absence of, 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 of biasing effects, would agree with me on this. A lot of people are just really, really concerned with the optics and the logistics of disagreeing with like people of color on race issues. It, it, like, I, like it's, it's a real problem, I swear, but it's... I swear to God, like, in terms of the internal logic, I think a lot of people on the left are on the right side of this. It's just, oh, God, it's so painful. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I have to commend you. You know, I have to, you know, tip my hat to you, you know, for that. Like, uh, that's that was really, really good what you did. And like, you know, and um, and on top of that, um, I guess before I go and I mean it this time before I go, <laughs> I could say several things. One, if it comes down to workers rights uh and you know a free palestine and you're ever like you know somewhere out there marching on the streets and i happen to be there you know i'd be more than happy to march alongside you you know fighting for those things i appreciate that brother yeah I, and I'll i do mean that you, you know um and last and not least uh fuck autism is unstoppable fuck him up the ass with no vaseline <laughs> i appreciate you coming on man and absolutely uh, I, uh, 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 I, I, um, I wish you luck with fatherhood. Uh, thank you very much. I truly appreciate that. Uh, God bless and take care. All right. You take care, man. Bye. Bye.